The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept! And one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. Again, as I always say, I'm broadcasting from sunny Arizona with the emphasis on sunny right now. We're in the middle of our monsoon season. Last night we had a huge thunderstorm, lightning storm, and power is out again in the city. Uh, send all these people your great sympathy. Last week, my air conditioner blew a fuse and my house got up to 96 degrees. I refused to look at the thermostat after that, but it was really hot in here. So the people in Phoenix and this surrounding area without air conditioning, I send you all the love and sympathy and I wish I had a lot of ice I could send you because you need all of it you can get. Oh my, we have a wonderful show for you today. We're going to talk about marriage uh, and how to keep your marriage happy. Uh, and we really need to focus on that. The divorce rate in America is more than 50% now. Some people say higher, some people say lower, but an average is 50%, which means one out of every two people who get married or are married will break up. The divorce rate for a first marriage is 41%. For a second, it goes up to 60 and for a third marriage, it goes up to 73%. Um, not real good odds there, so we need to be looking at what needs to change. The age group with the highest percentage of divorce is the 20 to 24-year-old group, and coming in second is the under 30-year group. So between 20 and 30, um, you need to pay attention. As the age of the couple gets higher, the divorce rate gets lower. I don't know whether we can attribute greater wisdom or what it is to that. Um, but at least, you know, it gets lower somewhere. Couples with children have a slightly lower rate of divorce than childless couples. Uh, in, the, in the United States, 66% of those getting a divorce are childless. And when I was going over these notes, I, in my head I said childish, and maybe it's both. Maybe childless and childish. Both have something to contribute to the divorce rate. I wouldn't really want to put that on the record, but, you know, think about it. The top reasons given for the increased divorce rate include communi communication breakdown. And basically, I think you could stretch that out over all the reasons. Uh, infidelity, uh, most of the time, is due to poor communication between a couple. Financial problems, abuse, that includes both physical and emotional um, physical inc incompatibility. There's a lot of reasons. To me, though, these seem like symptoms of something deeper, something bigger. Sociology has a term, the, the word anomie, which means a feeling of rootlessness. And, and this whole divorce situation seems like that to me. And it includes... The shifting roles of men and women, people are getting really confused these days about who they are and what they're supposed to be and do. Shifting values, shifting religious and spiritual beliefs, 
the migration of families, which breaks apart the extended family and leaves young couples without a support system. Uh, sometimes they want that, but often it would be so helpful if grandma or grandpa were there to help out, to take care of a, a sick kid or just, you know, have somebody there to talk to, have a cup of coffee with. There's a lot of literature about what's happening and why it's happening, but not so much on what can be done about it. My guest today has written a small book, a workbook actually, that addresses what can be done. And while it may sound simplistic to some, it's actually quite profound. Her book is titled Pleasing Your Partner. And that's a far cry from the me first and my needs need to be met now attitudes that we sometimes see in marriage couples, marriage partners. Tonille Jackson is to me a modern day wonder woman. We were laughing about that before we started the show. But, you know, she really is. How she does all she does is a mystery to me. She's a motivational speaker, an educator, a wife and mother, author, poet, licensed evangelist, youth leader, and radio talk show host. And, you know, even just that one piece alone does a lot of work. She received her MBA from the University of Phoenix and a BA from DePaul University. She's a firm believer in giving back. She's a president of both the evangelist and youth departments in her local church, which is big-time commitment. She's been ranked number three for the National Black Book Festival to, Festival's 2011 Best New Author Award and was featured in the April and May editions of NBBF News. She's a member of the Chicago Writers Association as well as the National Association of Professional Women. She is the mother of four daughters, and that's a full-time job, and is the self-proclaimed mother of many being credited with raising a total of 10 children. She's the author of Pleasing Your Partner, A Spiritual Guide to Happiness, and the recently released Four Daughters, A Lot of Choices. And what's interesting to me is her picture looks like she's about 21 years old, so we're not going to ask about age here. It is such a pleasure and an honor for me to welcome Tonille Jackson. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Tonille. Thank you so much, Irene. I'm so glad to be here today. Thank you. Janelle is doing this on her vacation. She forgot that she was actually going to have a vacation and booked this right in the middle of it. So we're, we're really doubly, triply blessed today. Janelle, tell us about yourself. Who is Janelle Jackson? Oh, wow. Um, Irene, it really would depend on who you ask. Um, I am a <laughs> wife. I'm a, a mom. Uh, I am a daughter. I am a sister. I'm a aunt, a niece, a friend, a student, an entrepreneur, uh, a youth leader, an evangelist, uh, author, motivational speaker. You name it, and I, I, I do it. Um, I just, you know, on the serious side, I, I always believe in being busy. I, I don't like being idle. I am a huge believer in the idle mind being a devil's workshop, so I like to uh, stay busy. And I just like to help wherever I can and whoever I can. So I, I never really think about how much I'm doing or what all I'm doing. Um, as I was listening to you uh, say the things that I do, I'm like, oh, my God, I do all of this. 
<laughs> because, you know, I do it all the time, so it doesn't really seem like a lot to me. It's not until somebody is reading what all I do that it kind of seems a little bit overwhelming. But um, I, I just enjoy life. That's really wrapping it all up in a nutshell. Everything that I do, I do it because I enjoy it. So I, I just I am enjoying life right now. Fantastic. I want to hear all about it, but before we do, let's take a short break and we'll come back and get into all the things that you do. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. My guest, Toniel Jackson, saying stay tuned. We'll be right back. you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take world talk radio on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market follow the world talk radio network on twitter we're at world talk radio you'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and general happenings that you should know about at the world talk radio network now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office just go to twitter.com forward slash world talk radio or follow along with us at world talk radio the world talk radio network we're on the cutting edge of social media can you keep up The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Tennille Jackson, we were just beginning to talk to Tunil about all the things that she does. Uh, Tunil, I really want to hear about your family, including those ten children. You know, let's talk about how on earth you've raised ten children. Wow. Um, well, it it was. You know what? I won't say it wasn't easy. It it took a lot of patience. So we'll start off with uh, first. We have to start off with my first child, which is actually. Uh, Trina, Latrina, that is my oldest daughter, that's my husband's daughter. Uh, my husband and I, we have been married for 10 years, but we've been together for 13. So okay. when, uh, we, when we began dating, she was seven. And we started, we uh, began, uh, I'm sorry, I've known him since she was seven. We began dating when she was eight. We got married once she was ten. And he's always had her. She's always lived with her dad. And so uh, I always tell her, you know, that even though she wasn't my first baby, she was my first child. Absolutely. And so I've basically uh, been a maternal figure in her life since she was seven or eight years old. And like I said, we raised her together. Um, and then... 
there were my four children. Um, I gave birth to my daughters, Autumn, Ariana, Angel, and Jariah in 02, 04, 06, and 08. So every two years, you know, I was pregnant. It wasn't planned. The only one that was planned was Autumn, the first one, but uh, I thank God for all of them just the same. And so those were my five children that I had uh, uh, for a while. And, uh, well, I won't say for a while even now, but what ended up happening in I want to say it was 2005. Uh, my next door neighbor at the time, she and uh, my she, her daughter and my oldest daughter were bur- were both in sixth grade together, and so they, you know, my house was pretty much just a homework house. Every child on the block and the block after was over my house because I'm a firm believer in education, and you know, we don't always have the best. Um, schools or the best teachers, but I I believe that even though we may not be what we want to be, that is no reason why our children should come up short with learning. So I always had my house open and invited all the children to my house, and, you know, so that way the parents would know where their kids were and they were being tutored and everything like that. So And you know um, where they are and who they're with. I did that with mine, too. Yes, Um, and wherever we were, my parents knew where we were, and so I find in today's uh, day a lot of parents don't really uh, ask. You know, a lot of parents don't care. Their children are out and about, and they don't know, and that's just never been the type of parent that I have been. I've always been uh, – people call me strict, but, you know, be that as it may, I know where my children are. I know how they're doing, so I'll be strict, but I know that my children are safe. And so uh, her mother – uh, my my daughter's friend's mother and myself, we became close, and what ended up happening, she was having a hard time raising her daughter. And so at the age of 14, she asked me if I would basically step in and raise her. And so from that time, uh, they were just graduating from eighth grade, her and my daughter, and uh, she, she came in and she lived with me. And so um, she pretty much became another child of mine you know she's my goddaughter but i basically raised her for five years uh she was there from 14 to 19 i raised her and then um my grandmother's best friend passed away in 2006 and she was raising her grandson who i've known all of his life and uh there was nobody else really to take him in and so uh, we end up taking him as well. <laughs> so, I mean, we kind of just end up getting a lot of – but it, it wasn't as though these were, like, children off the street. These were uh, children that we've been interacting with for, you know, uh, lots of time, known most of them all of their lives. So it's kind of natural for them to be there. So my oldest daughter, my goddaughter, and then uh, my nephew, they all went to the same high school together, uh, my daughter and my nephew ended up graduated from high school in 2009 so it was really it, it was great in that um they were able to have each other you know so even though they were not biologically related they were still like raised as you know if you want to say sisters or brothers or cousins or what have you and i just thank god because to have children in the household with such a drastic range and to be able to ensure that they all went to school they all graduated nobody dropped out nobody got pregnant had children um it's something that i pride myself over anything else being a great mother is one of the things that is very important to me and it's something that I really pride myself on. 
I think it's remarkable. In this day and age, that's remarkable, almost miraculous to Neil, really. <laughs> so, you know, you've done all of this, and you're, you still have, how many do you have at home now, four? No, I have, I still have five. Well, you, uh, it, it depends. I definitely have five, and sometimes I have one or two going in and out. Um, so I have five definitively at home. <laughs> so tell me about a typical day. You're the you're the queen of multitasking. Tell me about a typical day. How do you get all this done? Oh God. Um, well, typically I'm up probably at about five thirty or six o'clock in the morning because what I found is that no matter how early I wake up, one of my children are always up with me. And so um, I, I try to get up about 5.30 or 6 o'clock so that way I can get emails taken care of, whatever uh, for, that I have on the business side. I try to take care of that before they get up because they typically get up between 7 and 8 o'clock in the morning. When they're in school, they're up at 7. When they're out of school, they're up about 8 or so. So they're up about 7 or so. So I try to get all of my business taken care of because once they're up, then it's their time, you know. Um, it's time to get their breakfast going, get them ready for school, get their hair combed and everything, and then we walk them to school. Um, they only live, we're only like two blocks from their school, but I walk them to school, walk them to their classrooms and everything. And then in the time, because last year I had three of my four daughters are in school, um, and last year two were in full time and one was in half a day because she was in preschool. And I thank God because this year they all will be in school for an entire day. So that's that great helps. for me. But what I would do is while they're in school, again, whatever uh, errands or business that I had to take care of when I was still going to school for my master's, that's when I would get my homework taken care of. So really just having time management, uh, on my side, you know, I really became proficient in time management skills because there's no such thing as a dead moment. You have to do something, be doing something at all times because someone will be occupying your time in the next moment. Absolutely. So. You must also know how to delegate things. You must have a job for everybody around, even the littlest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they all have chores in the house um, because that's the, that's the other thing. I just firmly believe that if we're living together, then we should be doing everything together. You know, uh, although my husband and I may be responsible for the household in terms of making sure bills are paid and everything, everyone has a part. And, and, and I find that important not just to keep my own sanity, but it also makes people feel more included because they have something to do. So my oldest daughter, like I say, at this time, she's now 20. Uh, and from the time she was maybe like 9 or 10, I started showing her how to cook and things like that. So she helps me. She helps me tremendously with the younger girls. She'll uh, either help me comb their hair or, you know, she'll help cook dinner. And then the little girls, they know how to keep their room clean. And, and we have a routine. Routine is definitely mandatory so you know when they go to school they come back home they know it's snack time after snack time we get straight to homework and then after homework then they can have friends over or whatever but we have to get that done first we have uh dinner no later than eight o'clock so it's, it's pretty much a routine so that way everybody knows what to do and when now you got your degrees after you had children, that, is that right? Yes, my set, my MBA, I received that after I had my children, yes. 
So you had your bachelor's degree already, and then you went back to school, and that that takes tremendous oh motivation, stamina, everything I can think of. My my youngest son did that as well. He just got his degree also from Phoenix University a few years ago, and worked full time and raised his sons and did that. I know from first hand how much that takes. How important was this to you to get this degree? Oh God, um, Irene! It was for me. It was essential, um, it, and it wasn't necessarily so that I could uh, have a specific job. But this was just always a personal goal for myself, and I always have standards for myself, standards of excellence that, regardless of what anybody else or how anybody else measures me, I measure myself. And I graduated from DePaul back in 2001, um, and when I received that degree, my initial thought was, okay, I'm going to take off a few months, uh, maybe do some traveling, and then I'll come back, you know, maybe six months or so later and get my MBA. Um, so that was always a goal, but life happened in between. Um, life what actually happened, happened doesn't it? Yeah. I became engaged. In March of 01, I graduated in June of 01, but then my mother was diagnosed with cancer um, oh, in October. And so hearing that news, it kind of changed uh, perspectives with everything. You know, like education really did not seem a top priority at that time. So it was really spending a lot of time with my mom, taking care of her. Um, and so we were initially, my husband and I were initially going to get married in May of the following year on his mother's birthday because his mother had also passed from cancer. And once we found out that my mom was diagnosed, we actually moved our wedding up. So I got married in December of 01, which was actually um, on her birthday, so December 6, 2001 is when we got married uh, because we want to make sure that she would be around, you know, to see yes. that event in my life. And so um, long story short, uh, she, you know, at that time she's asking, she's like, okay, well, you guys got to hurry up and get me some grandkids. So a couple <laughs> of months later in February I found out I was pregnant, and she actually, uh, she passed before my first child was born. She passed oh, August I'm so 18th sorry. Uh, of 2002 is when she passed, and my daughter was born November 2nd of 2002. So in either case, as I stated earlier, every couple of years I was pregnant, and so uh my, I, I believe also that anything that you want to do, you can do. It, your your desires may be delayed, but they don't necessarily have to be denied. So I never really put out of my mind the thought of going to school. I just knew that being a mother was more important at the time. And so um, in August of '09, I received a phone call from an enrollment uh, advisor from University of Phoenix, and I was getting my daughters ready for school. And she could hear that. She's like, you know what, I'll call you back when you have time to talk. And that really meant a lot to me because most of the time when people call you, they're just so concerned about saying what they have to say that they don't really give consideration to you, you know. And so when she called me back and she let me know, we, we began talking about University of Phoenix. And the last time that I had been to school, you know, it had been eight years ago, and at that time, you had to have a full schedule. You know, you had to go at least three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it was right. an all-day, everyday thing. And I was telling her, I'm like, 
you know what, there is no way in the world I can do that with this schedule. And when she told me that you only have to go one day a week for four hours a day, I said, you know what, I am worth a four-hour investment, a weekly four-hour investment. And so I spoke with my husband, and we just we made it possible. So every day, every every Thursday, I was in class from 6 to 10 every Thursday. You know, Tennille, you have said so many valuable things. I hope people are paying attention to what you're saying about prioritizing, about achieving your goals, about making time for you, about, you know, the flip side of everybody else is just, you know, interested in what they have to say, you know, about listening. Um, No wonder you can do all the things that you can do. So how long did it take you to get that MBA? And I totally love the University of Phoenix. They have a solid, solid program. It's not easy. Um, I mean, they're about as rigorous a college as I've ever seen. And yet you can do it at your own pace. How long Mm -hmm. did it take you to get that degree? I actually, I was done in about 18 months. I started when when the the enrollment counselor, myself, we began talking because I'm one, if given the opportunity, I will procrastinate. So I try to not allow myself normal about you. (laughs) And so we were talking, and uh, she told me she's like, "Well, you know what? We have uh, a semester that's starting the end of August, and it was August when we were talking. I said, you know what? Let's do it.' Because I already knew that I wanted to go to school, and had I not gone that August, I would have to wait till October. And I'm like, I know how my life is. Something is going to come up, and so I said, you know what? Let's go ahead. So I, I. completed everything. So I started school August of 09, and by February 2011, I was done. I just went straight through. I didn't take a break. I just I just kept going because I knew that it was something that I could do. And like I say, for me, it was more so uh, a concern about procrastination if I did stop. If I did take a break, at what moment would I have to get back on track? So it had already taken me, you know, it had basically been 10 years from receiving one degree to the next degree, and so I didn't want to prolong that any further. So I just, and like you said, I, I know that I'm one who I can't do online learning. I, I'm definitely visual. So every week I was at campus. You know, I was downtown in the Chicago uh, Loop campus every Thursday, and that was really. Uh, important for me. I know a lot of people who have gone and they said that they have not really been able to be successful because they're online. And a lot of times there is a difference. You know, we feel like because we're at home, but if you can't uh, provide yourself that environment that you're going to need to uh, give you what you need to learn, then it's better to go ahead and just go to the campus if that is an option for you. And so that's what I did. Every week I was downtown studying every week. Sounds fantastic. Tanil, it's time for us to go to break again. When we come back, I really want to start talking about your book because it's, it's quite remarkable. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show and my guest, Tanil Jackson, saying please stay tuned. We'll be right back with more.
Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. Holistic healing has been around for over 5,000 years. The basic concept is that of treating the whole person and encouraging a healthy way of living in harmony with nature and the core self. Every week, take some time out for Holistic Healing Moment with host Elizabeth Ami. What is out there and how does it help on the transformational path of healing body, mind, and spirit? No matter where you are on your path, there will be a topic that will speak just to you. Tune in to Holistic Healing Moment, Mondays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. World Talk Radio presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Daniil Jackson. Tonil has her own radio show. Tonil, before we get started into uh, talking about your book, I want you to tell my listeners how they could hear your radio show, and I want you to tell them how they reach you and where they find your book. Okay, sure, Irene. Well, my radio show is called Inspirational Talk with Tonil, and it airs on Artist First Radio Network. So if if they wanted to hear my show, um, it airs every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And so they would simply have to go to artistfirst.com, which is A-R-T-I-S-T-F-I-R-S-T.com, and then just click on Inspirational Talk with Tennille. And, again, that's every Wednesday Hello? morning at 11. Hello? I, I was having a little trouble with my phone. I'm sorry. No problem. 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday um, they can go to hear my show. If anyone would like to be a guest on the show, um, all they have to do is forward an email to authortjmba at gmail.com, which is A-U-T-H-O-R-T-J-M-B-A at gmail.com. And to buy my book, um, they could actually go to any, any dot com. The name of the book again is Pleasing Your Partner, A Spiritual Guide to Happiness. And they could go to Amazon, Author House, Barnes and Nobles, Borders, any of those dot coms. Um, they could also visit my website, which is tonealstodos.org, T-O-N-E-A-L-S-T-O hyphen D-O-S dot org. Fantastic. 
Tennille, this is a very nice little book, and I love your approach, pleasing your partner. And it seems to me that if both people in a marriage would really concentrate on pleasing their partner, the divorce rate would go way, way down. What inspired you to write this book? You know what, um, Irene, the first and foremost, it was definitely divinely inspired. Um, one night, this is the honest to goodness truth, I woke up, it was a Saturday night, and I told my husband, I'm, I said, Jerome, you know what, God wants me to write a book. And the name that I was given was Pleasing Your Partner. And so I got up because I, I'm just one that believes when I get thoughts, I try to write them down as I get them so that I don't forget them. So as I'm writing the title, Pleasing Your Partner, the rest of it comes to me, a spiritual guide to happiness. And happiness, as you know, um, is an acronym. Uh, each letter represents a trait in which you can implement into the relationship. So the H is um, wait, 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 let's, wait, wait. Let's don't do all that yet. Um, okay. you know, talk, let's, because I do want to do that. But you know, how was it? How did you find a chance? I, well, I know already from hearing how you went to school, but you know, to work writing a book into that schedule it must have been monumental. You you know what? It was a lot easier than a lot of people may think. Um, and I get people all the time to ask me about it. Uh, pretty much what I did, I just did a little bit of research in terms of self-publishing versus traditional publishing um, because the book itself, it really only took me maybe about a month or two to write. I don't I don't even know if it took me that long, but it was may, it was no more than two months that it took me to write the book because, again, I tell people all the time who've seen the book, because as you alluded to earlier, it's really like a workbook. Um, and the reason for that is because I just believe in whatever God told me to write was what I wrote. When he said that, that was enough, I stopped writing. I did not want to get into myself or my experiences, but in either case, to answer your question, um, I decided that I want to go the self-publishing route um, only because I knew that this was a message that needed to come out now. And so the personal inspiration behind it is the fact that, you know, uh, my husband and myself, like I said, we've been married for about, it'll be 10 years, December 6th this year, and a lot of our friends got married after us, and a lot of them and others typically come to my husband and myself for advice, you know, because we've gone through, you just about name it, and we've gone through it within our marriage, and we're yet standing. And so, you know, people are wondering, how do you go through this? How do you go through this? And still make it. You're still together. And so between the divine inspiration and then the personal experience, that's really what came together to help uh, mold this book into what it is. Okay, let's start with the H. H is for humility. Ah, uh, now, humility. how realistic is it for you to tell people they need to have humility? Talk about humility. I tell, I tell you what, if you would have told me when I first got into my marriage, because keeping in mind, I got married when I was 21. Um, I was 21 years old when I got married, and the only marriage that I had really seen before me in terms of an example were my parents. My parents uh, were married for almost 20 years, and they had endured, you know, hardships. Every marriage does. And, and I think they that, do. Uh, anybody would be really unrealistic to believe that you're not going to endure a problem. But in either case, because of the fact that I was born and raised into a family of strong 
independent women, uh, learning humility was probably one of the toughest lessons. It took a lot of time for me to learn that lesson because it's not something that people think of when you think about a marriage. You don't think of putting myself down, uh, and, and not in a negative way, but pretty much just like a sacrifice, sacrificing some of what I want to make sure that what he wants or what my partner wants is what comes across. As you said earlier, so much of the time we're just thinking about us, 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 just what we want. And you have to, at some point, you have to learn how to humble yourself for the good of your marriage. So that's but why it should humility be a is very important. Street. Both partners need to understand the, the importance of humility, and then sometimes that's a little hard. Yes, yes yeah. it is, because you know what, but just like with anything, it's only as hard as you allow it to be. If it's a lesson you want to learn, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how long it takes. If it's something that you want to learn, you will do whatever is necessary to learn it because at the very basics, we are all, uh, we, we, we are people who love to please ourselves. So we know that if it's for my best interest, then I'll do what it takes. And so we can adapt to that concept and that mindset that pleasing my partner is actually what's going to be beneficial for me. If we can believe that, then learning humility will not be difficult at all. Fantastic response. Okay, let's move on to A for assurance. Yes. Um, assurance, that is actually something that was hard for me as well. You know, well, almost every one of these letters applies uh, or applied to my marriage. And um, just to touch really briefly with the book, I didn't, and I get people all the time, why did you not discuss your marriage? Why are your issues not in here? And the reason being is because I am not uh, at all advising people to aspire to have my marriage. Not that my marriage is not good because I wouldn't still be in it 10 years later, but because I want for you to aspire to your own greatness, not aspire to what I have achieved, but aspire to what is possible for you. And so assurance, the reason why it's important is because we all have some type of baggage. We all carry some type of issues into a relationship, whether it's outside children, whether it's financial issues, whether it's health issues. And regardless of what the issue is, it's important for one spouse to be able to assure the other spouse that regardless of what it is that you are going through, regardless of what it is that you have to deal with or I have to deal with, I am going to be here with you and for you no matter what. So, so important. The first P is for peace. Talk about peace. You know, it's kind of, it's impossible almost to have a good relationship without peace. If you're always in a relationship where there's constant nagging, constant arguments, constant bickering, fighting, then it's not something that you're going to want to remain a part of. And that's, you know, whether you're talking about a marriage, a business, any type of relationship that you're dealing with someone else, if you always have to go through some negativity in order to get somewhere, you're really not going to want to uh, give it your all. You're not going to want to 
put your best foot forward. And so that's why speaking about peace is is important. We have to have peace. We have to not only have it, but we have to be able to give it to each other. And nobody wants to come into a war zone. That's they it. just don't. What about prosperity, which is the second P? The the prosperity is important because, you know, when we get married, um, we all have different reasons why we get married, but I'm sure one common bond or common thread is the fact that we all want to believe that being with this person is going to help make me better in some aspect, whether financially, whether emotionally, whether spiritually, somehow being with this person is going to make me better. And so when I speak of prosperity, it's not, as I said, just in terms of financial uh, prosperity because some people, you know, I might come into a marriage and I'm already financially stable, so I don't need your money. But whereas I may be financially sound, I might be emotionally distraught. So I need you to help make me complete in that way. So that's why I say that prosperity is important, knowing how to uh, help your partner become and achieve prosperity is something that is very important to any relationship as well. Absolutely, and I'm so glad you broadened that to include more than money. Give us a thumbnail about integrity. Integrity, you you know, I, I would probably have to say integrity is one of the most important uh, not just letters of this acronym, but one of the most important issues in marriage. Is totally agree with you. I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, in the book, I break it down to the Ten Commandments, the thou shalt not kill, steal, and commit adultery. But, I mean, even outside the realms of that, you have to maintain integrity. If, if I am in a relationship with someone that I cannot trust, in a relationship with someone who I don't, I do not like, who has continuously hurt me and gets a joy out of hurting me, um, it, it's going to take a lot, if not a miracle, for me to want to stay in that relationship. So it is essential that both parties act in a manner of integrity, high integrity at that. You know, we, we talk about all the time, you know, infidelity, and infidelity is huge, but infidelity is not the only thing that breaks up a relationship. There are many reasons why uh, people don't trust their spouses, many reasons why, you know, they don't feel safe, they don't feel like they have a security blanket or they don't have a reason to continue giving it their all. And all of that has to do with integrity issues. Absolutely. We finished the happy part. We're going to take a break and come back to the nest, if I can put it that way. (laughs) This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Tennille Jackson, saying please stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more. Your favorite World Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
To succeed in life today, you have to respond well to change and be willing to take chances. On Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan and her sidekick, daughter Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations with live interviews with trailblazers, authors, and experts. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on the Power Hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Variety. For positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio, it's Star Style. Be the star you are. Never say never. Live your dream. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're talking today with Tennille Jackson, who's written a book called Pleasing Your Partner, A Spiritual Guide to Happiness. We've talked about the first uh, letters in happy, and we're getting ready to go to the nest part. And our, our N is newness. Tennille, what do you mean by newness? You know what, Irene, just really briefly is just that keeping it new, finding a way to keep your relationship new. I can't tell you how many um, people I know, whether it's the male or the female in the relationship, that say, you know what, after we've been together this amount of months or this amount of years, he doesn't do or she doesn't do what they used to do. And so, you know, we have to find a way to keep that dating feeling. My pastor always says, keep your honeymoon going. You have to find a way to keep that going so that way you keep your spouse or your partner intrigued. Got any quick ideas uh, you, know, you can throw out there for either the man or the woman? Well, you know what? My husband and I, we, we always, like once a month, um, and it may not sound like a lot, but it is good for us. Once a month, we go out on a date. No children allowed, no friends allowed, just he and I. And I hope because you turn it helps you that moment. Fantastic. And I think that's probably the best suggestion you can make to any couple. Okay, now the next one is a biggie, and we all need it. it the E is for endurance. Yes, endurance is important because you have to realize that there are going to be things, there are going to be a lot of issues in the marriage that you may not like. And you were talking about divorce rates and everything earlier. And I think what happens, and again, this isn't a statistic, this is just to Neil. I think that what happens is we get into a marriage and we feel like that things are just magically going to change. Those things about our partner that we didn't like when we were dating them, we feel like are going to magically change because we're now married. And when they don't, then we're just ready to walk away. But it's with the endurance. It's that endurance that you need to give you uh, the stamina to hold on and believe that 
this person can change. Those same things I didn't like, if I let them know that I, I want them to change, I can hold on with them and we can make it through this relationship together. And that's a biggie. When you start needing somebody else to change, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. they can't or won't. Mm-hmm. So how do you and endure that? Overnight process. You, you know what? We, my husband and I, we went through that a, a long time because anyone who knows my husband knows that he is very much, he, he, he is him. You know, he is himself. He believes what he believes. He's not one that likes to change a lot. And so it took a lot of prayer. It took a lot of fast. It took a lot of everything uh, for us to become more so on the same page where he could understand what certain things that I was needing from him and vice versa vice versa, for me to believe and understand what he needed from me. But it all came from communication. You know, effective communication really can make or break a relationship. If you are working yourself to the bone and if it's not for what your partner is asking, then it's in vain. And you're going to end up upset because you're doing so much that you're not being appreciated for because that's not even what they wanted. So communicating effectively is the key. Yeah, you, well, you need to talk and you need to listen, and it's important that you what you have said is really heard. Okay, we're going to go on to one that's really sometimes a bone, bone of contention for people, and that's submission. Talk about submission. Oh, my goodness. Uh goes hand-in-hand with humility. Um, it was very, again, hard for me to learn because naturally I am a very giving person. Uh, but one of the things that I had to learn, what was key for me, is um, we, we, we went to counseling, my husband and I, and one of the things that the pastor who counseled us said was that she quoted for us Matthew 6 and 33, and it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So in other words, long story short being that it's not about pleasing your partner first. It's about pleasing God first and making sure that God is happy with the way that you're living your life. And what happened with me initially in our marriage, maybe the first three or four years, it was, you know, I would be good to him as long as he would be good to me. I would be nice to him as long as he was nice to me. But the moment that he made me upset, then all of those things went out the window. And so it wasn't until I really got that word of advice in me that I understood what true submission was. It's not always about uh, doing what you want to do. It's, It's about making sure that what it is that you do is pleasing to your partner because at the end of the day, we can please our girlfriends, we can please our family, you know, make all of these other people happy with our decisions. But if the person who you vow to live with for the rest of your life is miserable, then really what difference does it make what decision that is if you're not going to have peace within your own relationship? Oh, good stuff. The last one is strength. Talk about strength, Tanil. You know what, I purposely left strength for last um, because the misconception is that because you are humbling, because you are submissive, then that makes you weak. And I say all the time, it takes a really strong person to know how and when to show weakness because weakness or being being weak is not always a bad thing. Uh, being submissive is not a bad thing. Being humble is not a bad thing. And there are times in a relationship when you have to know 
when it's appropriate to talk, when it's appropriate not to, when it's appropriate to have your way, and when it's appropriate not to. You know, it, it, it takes wisdom to know uh, these things, and that's how come a lot, it, it takes time. You know, you're going to go through your, those first years of your marriage. They're going to be up and down because you, you're still learning your partner. It's not until those, you know, six, seven, eight, ninth years that you're really going to know things about your partner that you won't know coming into the relationship, traits about him or her, you know, their little nuances, their little uh, pet peeves. And so once you learn learn those things, you incorporate them into your daily routine and knowing how to do right by that person. And, again, so that knowing that takes strength to be able to yet remain humble and submissive for the good of your relationship. That takes strength. Yeah, and, and I'd like to make the point that in the book you recommend that you know you can do this alone. You can work through this alone, but you know, do it with your partner if you can. This is something that you do together. And I'd like to make the point that these traits, these acronyms for happiness, apply to both partners, not just the woman, not just the man. You know, but both. And, and then you meet in the correct. middle. What? That is, abso- that is absolutely correct. And that's the reason why, you know, I try to stress the point to people because I get people all the time and say, well, you know what, as soon as I get a partner, I'll get the book. Or as soon as I get married, I'll get the book. And what I keep trying to stress to people is exactly the point that you just made. These are things that we're working on ourselves with because once I adapt these personal traits, then that's what's going to make me a better partner, a better spouse, a better person, you know. And so it's not just about let me get it. Once I get in a relationship, then I'll get These are things that you should want to have, traits that you should want to have just as a person because it makes you a better person to, you know, to deal with. And so you're saying it absolutely right. It's not just for a woman or just for me. It's for both. I mean, there's the me, there's the you, and there's the us. That's it. And all of them, you know, you're individuals. You're still individuals, and you'll grow as an individual. You'll react as an individual, but there's still that unit that's we. And all all of these characteristics have to be in each member of the unit and in the unit as well if it's going to be a happy marriage. And, And, you know, I just... Can't think of anything more beautiful than a happy marriage. It's just, you know, it, 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 in my opinion, a happy marriage is heaven on earth. Yes, yes, it, it makes everything better. Because I'm gonna tell you what, we're we're all, as I said before, we're all going to go through trials and tribulations, whether within a marriage or individually. But one thing that I've learned is, it's better to have someone to go through with than having to go through it by yourself because you just feel stronger. You feel like you can make it that much more when you know you have someone right there with you in your corner every step of the way. Absolutely. Tanil, we're right up against the end of the show. What's the message, what's the thought you'd like to leave with the listeners today? Well, you know what I said on my show all the time, Irene, and that's everything is relative. I encourage everyone to live each day 
like it's your last day. Make sure that whatever decision that you make is not one that you will resent or regret because life is too short to have to resent anything. It's too short to have to make apologies. But let's live each day as though it's our last. Let's do whatever we have to do to be happy, to really, really understand what happiness is, not just for our marriages or our relationships, but for ourselves. Tonil, thank you so much for being on our show today. Thank you for taking time from your vacation to be with us. Not a problem, Irene. You know, if you ever need me, I'm just a telephone call away. I appreciate that. Next week's guest is Tommy Whitting. He's a musician. He writes a lot for the self-improvement blog, and I think you're going to find him absolutely delightful. So tune in next week for the self-improvement show. This is Irene Conlon saying goodbye until next week. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. <laughs>